0: Super cool! Matthew Thomas, this is Super Cool Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check this out. I got a really great guest with me at this time. He's the lead vocalist for Vancouver, British Columbia-based punk rock band, The Black Halos. Please welcome Billy Hopeless. Hey, how you doing? Super cool.
1: You might hear in the background that uh, my my faithful sidekick, Beam, he's trying to get in on the conversation because. You know, being like, he's a superstar, he's a star. Like, he's really, you know, his ego is so huge now. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Good yeah, thing yeah. for a
0: hangover. <laughs> definitely definitely the, the best thing for it, for sure. But I, I, I appreciate you uh, and and your dog making uh, the appearance here <laughs> on Super Cool Radio. So, before we really jump into everything, um, so obviously, you know, Black Halo is a punk rock-based band, been around since the early 90s. So for you, like, how did you get uh, into punk music?
1: Well, see, when I was a kid, and uh, my brother, my older brother was sort of, like, into, like, British glam and new wave, anything that was new and groundbreaking. So same with my dad. My dad was from England. So, you know, it really it sort of that, that edge came in. And I remember as a kid on TV there, we had, like, one channel, and in their dining room, there's the TV in our dining room, had one channel, and there's a show on cable access called Soundproof out of Vancouver here, and they'd show, like, you know, early punk videos and stuff before anyone else, any other channel was showing. It's like, you know, Friday night videos and video shows weren't showing that stuff, so then they'd have, like, DOA on, and, you know, Art Bergman and the Young Canadians and the Subhumans' as guests. And Anyways, I'd watch that, and, it was pretty groundbreaking to me. And it sort of led to me falling into the Vancouver punk scene and hanging out with meeting guys like Joe from DOA and Randy Rampage. And, you know, it really sort of lumped me in where I just sort of jumped on in. And the Ramones, you know, of course, on Don Kirschner and stuff, seeing the Ramones was huge. Like the Dolls and the Ramones on shows like Don Kirshen and the Midnight Special on East Beyond TV. Seeing bands like that just changed my life too, right? I mean, the Misfits, you know, during the 80s, the Misfits. It was Yeah, but stuff like that, it led to it really led to, like, instant love, right? You know, I sort of knew what I wanted to do. Before that, I wanted to be, like, probably, I think, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Batman, and then I wanted to be Ringo Starks. I saw a Beatles movie, and then I wanted to be Ace Frehley because so I saw Kiss, and then Joey Ramone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all legendary people you just listed that you wanted to be. And honestly, that is a near, per- that's like a perfect list of, uh, of people.
1: Yeah. You know, if you combine them all, it'd be pretty cool. I think like, you know, you'd have a spaceman crime fighting spaceman. Who's like from New York in the Bowery. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. <laughs>
0: that's that that like a, a rad comic book idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, that's really awesome. And definitely very influential uh, people, like obviously on yourself and obviously many other people as well. But they're legends for a reason, and just their you know the musical status as well. And again, really great, uh, really great people. And obviously, I'm a, I'm a huge punk fan. Obviously, why I'm you know chatting with you. But yeah, Ramones were one of the first bands I started listening to. Then it was like uh, Black Flag, and then it was Dead Boys. You know, it just kind of yeah, that's, yeah. that's where it started with the Ramones.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, they're kind of, I think, like, they're like the Fisher Price of punk rock, right? <laughs> Pretty much. You know, the Ramones, they're sort of like the gateway drug. <laughs> I'd say, you know, it's really, then the Dolls, I'd say, the New York Dolls, just like, they just, to me, it was like something, was something really magical about that band that sort of tied in, like, towards that. There was called Punk and some called Glam at the time in New York. That whole scene, seeing the Dolls, stuff like that, yeah, it was, really groundbreaking. The New York scene was really big, but Vancouver was great because it was like here, it was really accessible because home the home front, right? So, you know, like you say, me and Joe have been friends forever. Randy's gone now. Chai Pig, you know, coming to Vancouver, and Chai as a kid. The Canadian punk rock is really... It's one thing, I think, traveling, touring, that when you tour and meeting other bands that really sticks is the influence of Canadian punk rock. One of the things that we really have to be proud of is that we've created some of the greatest punk rock, in my opinion, and the groundbreaking punk rock. Like D- DOA, a great example, is I, we played, I played these shows at uh, another band going Forbidden. we played these shows with the Misfits and two different bands I was in after the Halos broke up and playing with the Misfits. And Jerry only, I remember backstage at the Commodore he looks at me, he comes up, and he goes, hey, uh, so I saw your guest list. Uh, you got Joe Joe Keasley. That's Joe Shithead, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, our first gig we ever played with the Misfits was in New York. And with DOA, we opened for DOA. It was a little fact that you know the first show the Misfits ever played was with DOA. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. He's like, so can I meet Joe? It'd be really great to see him again. And he, he's coming, right? I said, oh, you know, hopefully he's on the guest list. And when Joe showed up, Jerry was just like, ah! You know, same with the Offspring Touring. When we played with the Offspring, they are like, look, Noodles walks by me in the backstage. He looks at my DOA murder shirt. He goes, where'd you get that shirt? And I'm like, oh, it's, yeah, it's been around forever. You know, it's got holes in it, and it's kind of, and he goes, I saw you wearing it on stage. He goes, man, DOA, that was one of the first punk bands I ever saw. Yeah, pretty pretty amazing. That's sort of, like I say, underrated underrated by some here in Canada, but really the huge influence. Duff McKagan, I mean Duff. I did narrated a movie called a documentary everyone should see. It's called Bloodied but Unbowed: The History of Vancouver Punk. And I got chosen by it's actually Randy Rampage who told the director you have to get Billy to narrate it. And me and Randy being friends and. It's pretty cool because you got like Duff McKagan going same thing, just going Randy. And he went in, I think bass player magazine saying the top bass player and most influential bass player in the history of punk rock and rock and roll, Randy Rampage. And you're like, looking. Well, you I remember Randy was see that and going, like, I'm over at his place. And he goes, look at this. And he shows it to me. And he's like, Randy Rampage, the most influential <laughs> bass player. And he's like, Oh, Duff's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, Duff's cool. But yeah, it's weird. Same social distortion. I can say so many bands. And I'm just like, Johnny Twobags going, You're friends with Joe from DOA. I'm like, yeah. Him and Randy, are they back together? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, Is Chuck playing drums? Because, you know, if if he needs another guitarist, tell him that I'm in. Because that's that's my dream lineup. That You know, the most best best band that ever lived. And I'm like, wow, you know, yeah, they're friends <laughs> they my buddies
0: I mean, definitely and, you know it is very underrated like the, the influence DOA is, as as you, as you just listed all those um you know uh scenario you know, incidents where uh people you know uh, know who DOA is and were so excited yeah. uh that you, you know that uh Joe was going to be there and all that stuff it just shows how influential they are and also underrated cuz yeah. um not like you don't hear like many like the people who know know, but outside of that, not many people talk about DOA.
1: Yeah, but it's a weird thing. Like touring is it say touring in Spain, they went to a place and all they're playing was Canadian punk rock. And I introduced them to Slow because they had never heard slow. It's like, oh, you have to listen to Slow. And another band that I think was just killer. But they didn't get as really as big as worldwide recognition. But, you know, like the subhumans, it's a weird, crazy thing. I grew up in a Japanese family when I was a kid, as sort my second surrogate family. And I wish I still had it, but I remember we'd go to this Japanese store and I'd buy like Japanese superhero books because they were cooler than like Batman and Superman. You know, they're they like riding motorcycles and had giant robots and stuff. So they're way cooler, missiles. And yeah, they, I thought they were way cooler. But anyway, there was this 3D book on punk rock. And I remember it had like, yeah, DOA was in that, and, uh, along with the Sex Pistols and the Clash, and same thing, you know, you're a little kid and you see that, and you're like, oh, look, punk rock, and you look at the pictures with the 3D glasses, and you're like, DOA! And you're like, yeah, Vancouver, yeah! <laughs> the Subhumans, humans you know, Wimpy, Rest in Peace, I'd say Incorrect Thoughts, what an influential album, and worldwide known, and how SNFU, I'd say, Rest in peace, Chai, miss you. That, uh, like, SNFU, the influence of SNFU on punk rock in general, where bands, was, you know, like the Circle Jerks and so many bands all say it. They're like, SNFU came out and Chai Pig on stage, that the band was incredible, but Chai Pig on stage, it was mind blowing, you know? And I kind of lay, it's kind of weird because now, you know, we sort of, we i hear that with us at times and i'm like i'm kind of you know we're kind of humble about it but at the same time i look and i go yeah i get it and you know i'm I'm really grateful if someone feels that because hopefully the chain carries on the same way it did with me right you know hopefully someone sees us, hears us or sees us and goes oh man yeah that that i want to i want to do that i want to be in a band I want to play music like that because the world needs more good punk rock and more good Canadian punk rock for sure
0: oh definitely and I know uh, some people you know have talked about this uh, you know about rock music but I also heard about punk music as well they say it, it's dying out what what what's your thoughts on, like the current state of punk music
1: I think it's always it's always going to be around there's always gonna be some dissatisfied person who's dissatisfied with the crap that's being pumped out of them and the spirit is like the spirit goes into like it's just it's not even just punk it goes into like hip-hop rap you know it goes into metal it's just a spirit of people are disenchanted and dissatisfied and just rock and roll in general with the mainstream pabulum they're being fed and garbage and that go hey i'm gonna do something different or i'm gonna do something raw and wild and i think that's really you know that's what punk rock the spirit is to me it's basically going, here, yeah, we're going to make something that's a bit less de- undefined, like, how El- unrefined. Like, Elvis, I think, the first time the word punk was used, I think, was uh, in Elvis about where uh, old Carney looks at Elvis and says, and don't go playing any of that punk music, right? And what that meant was Elvis was playing raw rock and roll which was unrefined to the bourgeois ears and the the Gentiles, so you know. as I think. Yeah, jazz was like that. Blues was like that. Gut bucket music, as my dad would call it. But I think it's it's always gonna be there. There's always gonna be someone who turns on the radio and goes when they hear and that's the Red Hot Chili Peppers, followed by the Foo Fighters, followed by Pearl Dam, followed by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, followed by the Beastie Boys, followed by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, followed by the Foo Fighters, followed by Pearl Dam. is gonna go. No, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear something else. And if like with us. when we started, that was it. We were kind of the tail end of grunge when all the old metal guys were suddenly being bought out by record labels and putting made into bands where you had your stone temple pilots, Alice and Chains, stuff that I think they saw Pearl Jam success. They went, wow, grunge. Yeah. Well, this Kurt Cobain guy is hard to deal with, and Mudhoney, yeah, same thing. They're a bit hard, harder to sell. Let's make a more commercial version of that. So we were at the tail end of that, and when, when we came out, people were like going, yeah, right. Yeah, we're not into that stuff. But we made the band, basically, because we didn't like anything that was going on. <laughs> we were like, like going, well, if we can't go see our favorite band, let's be our favorite band, and if we... Oh, we're buying is old Johnny Thunders records and stuff and Dead Boys records. Well, maybe we should start making music like that. And then we found other bands that were out there doing the same that had the same feeling. And we're like, "Well, we want to make music like this because there's no one doing it. And we like this music. We don't want to just listen to the oldies."
0: Oh, oh, definitely. And that's kind of what you know. That's kind of how I found uh, punk music. It's like it was raw. It was gritty. Uh, it, it was just different. Yeah. It was a different style of music that, like, doesn't get much love on the radio, but you you can find, like, it's very it's very accessible, especially with the internet now. It's, you know, it's very easy to find, but it doesn't yeah. get much love on the radio.
1: Yeah, well, I think we're kind of, Chai, actually, Chai Pig said to me one time from SNFU, he said to me, he goes, you know, he goes, when it comes to being underrated, he goes, we never got played on the radio And he goes, DOA only gets played on the radio when it's like now, when it's like there's something something going on, like they're playing a show or something. He goes, you guys got played on the radio as well as on music television, on MTV and much music. And he goes, you guys were played on the radio, on on major rock radio. I said, yeah, you know, we are kind of lucky. I don't know how that really worked. Like bands like us, you don't expect that and yeah i think you know it, it is it's a weird thing it took forever i did a hosted a punk show on c fox arts or major rock radio i was co-hosting a punk show and i remember i played the clash complete control and a guy from one of the other groups, the other radio stations that's in the same building came running in he goes i can't believe you're playing this this is probably the first time this has ever been played on well, at least this station but maybe any station and I said, yeah, isn't it crazy? It took how many years for you guys to play Train in Vain and consider Train in Vain by the Clash? Like, okay, this song, yeah, we can play it on classic rock radio now. It's a classic, but you don't play any other Clash songs. And same, like, they'll play Blitzkrieg Bop now on, on the radio. You'll hear Blitzkrieg Bop, but you won't hear, like, Slug or Loudmouth or, you know, you won't maybe i want to be sedated if you you know you'll get that occasionally but there's so many the ramones had more than two songs and clash had more than one right and that's sort of bad. like you don't hear a lot of stuff i say it like they they do this thing mandatory metallica now same thing when i first got into like i was being a speed metal band when i first started and speed metal was kind of the same way and thrash and speed metal were kind of the same way that yeah you weren't hearing metallica on the radio Until the Black album, and like you know, how terrible that was, and yeah, and it's Sandman, and even then, it was kind of now it's like mandatory Metallica on the radio, but you don't hear Motorhead, do you? And I think (laughs) Motorhead (laughs) was just as legendary, if not more so, and they don't dare play even Ace of Spades, even for hell's sakes, they won't even play that. Same with punk, like the Misfits are pretty, pretty damn, I think. Even if people don't know the band, they know the Crimson Ghost Call. It's pretty. That enterprise is pretty damn huge, and pretty legendary. I don't. I don't get why they don't play that stuff on the radio. It doesn't make sense.
0: And honestly, it's fortunate with a, a lot of bands, like um, you know. And you, you just listed a lot of great uh, examples, but like, like for me, when I was growing up, it was like no one's, no one's playing Iggy Pop. Uh, I would yeah. hear like maybe one or two Alice Cooper songs, and that's about yeah. it. And it's like there's so much great music out there from these legends, and like it, Motorhead's a prime example. I don't know if that's ever been played on like actual radio, like FM radio. Yeah. Exactly.
1: How legendary! Like, come on. Exactly. Because everyone knows. Everyone knows that. I think now, like maybe the old people are still the old. Old people are still hanging on. Some of the grandpas might not, but you know for. Generations after that, you're pretty much up with the Beatles and the Stones and notoriety.
0: It, it, exactly. It's just it, it's mind-boggling me. That's why like I started my show, my podcast. I was like, there's all these cool, like legendary household names, too, and they're not being played anywhere else, like oh, yeah. in my area. It, it's, it's kind
1: deep. of cool. It's kind of still makes it cool. Unfortunately, it's unfortunate, but it makes it kind of cool because like I said when we started out, and I'm still finding bands that you know, I'm like it, getting introduced to bands or by other people, like Rich is really good, at or I find bands. And I'm like, hey, you heard these guys? And it's stuff that nobody's heard. And you pass it on. And it's kind of cool that way, right? It's kind of still underground. Now, I kind of like that in a way where it's still, I'd hope that, it, I hope everyone would be like, good music would be heard by everyone and appreciated by everyone. But it's still kind of cool to me when it's like, yeah, man. You know, uh, you ever heard these guys?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like the the cool thing about me is like I obviously I play a lot of the the legendary acts that we just discussed, but also I feature a lot of like up you know up and coming band bands who I find yeah. cool too. So it is it is very underground with it, at least with like my mentality with it. But it's just so cool just to feature good music, not oh you know Metallica because we have to play Metallica. No, that's boring. Everybody does yeah. that. Let's do something different.
1: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it because the old stuff's still really cool and it's still worth playing. Like, you don't get jaded in the same way where people will do that and it's like, oh, I only play unheard of bands. Oh, I'm not going to play the Ramones. Everyone knows them. And you get that. It's like, you know what? Nah, the Ramones are awesome. Fuck off. Play the damn Ramones, but also play that stuff. I mean, don't deny the greats. Don't deny things because, because it's that great. I, I used to have a real problem with that where, like, You'd, I'd catch on to stuff a bit late because I'd hear TV shows or something and be like, Oh, everyone likes this. I can't like this. And then there's like I'd watch it and go, it can't be good because everyone likes it. And then I'd watch it and go, Oh, I get why it was why everyone liked it. Because this one was really good. <laughs> you
0: know? <laughs> no, exactly. There's you know, let legendary and this is more than just music. This is, you know, movies, television shows, you know, aspects of culture as well. It's if it's something good, you know everybody can like. It. You don't have to not like it because everybody else likes it. Oh, yeah, and you know the Ramones are badass. I love Iggy Pop. I I actually I got to meet uh, Dead Boys earlier a few months ago, and I was, and I was awesome. like, I never thought I would have this opportunity. You know, when I first started the show.
1: Oh yeah, I love it's. I love that stuff. It's you know, from for us, that's like. I remember a night at CBGB's when we were playing at CBGB's, and yeah, Jeff Magnum was there and. Baby Buell and like, you know, we're hanging out and I'm talking to Jeff Magnum. Then it's, hey, uh, you want to go see? And, you know, Howie and Jesse from D-Gen would be around. But he said, Do you want to go see a uh, matter bass player at the time came up and said, hey, you want to, uh, Jesse wants to know if you want to go see this show. It's um uh, Joey Ramone and some Ronnie chick. And I'm like, Ronnie Spector? He goes, yeah, that's it. And I'm like, from the Ron S. Yeah. And I ended up meeting Ronnie Spector and kissing Ronnie Spector and getting kissed when, with Ronnie Spector but Joey was in the hospital but it still is like one of those moments when, like oh my god it's Ronnie Spector and I just hung out with Jeff Magnum and then we're going to some Big Manitoba from the Dictator's Bar and it's like teenage me still Teenage me still gets a kick out of stuff like that I'm still like oh my god meeting Paul Stanley in Europe from Kiss and I was like when I was a kid I used to dream of this, and I got I, I to be honest, and, you know, I had pictures of you, and he goes, dreams do come true, Billy, in his Paul Stanley voice, and I'm just like, ah, ah, teenage me, uh, preteen me, preteen me, just going, yes, yes! <laughs> Playing with the dolls, the New York dolls, that was completely like that, I was like, you know, you try to keep you cool, and I end up looking at your hats and going, uh, hey, uh, Dr. Frankenstein, meet your monster. And I'm laughing, and Sylvain, Sylvain, and Johansson looking, like, "Oh my God!" This, is, yeah. If the little kid who was watching Don Kirshner, staying up past midnight to watch Don Kirshner's rock concert, is now just come full full circle. He has met he has met his gods. Yeah, I'm always like that. I'm always like, you know, you guys are my elder gods. Yeah, uh, I am just I am just a demigod. But you are elder gods. You are the ones that paved the road that I my van breaks down on we played in the bottom of the hill in San Francisco and Joe Baffer was there. And I remember he's like, Tim Bader's. I thought you were dead. And in my drunken, normal drunken state of being on stage, I said, I am Billy hopeless. And we are the black halos and your children will know my, know my name. And I looked pointed at Joe Baffer and said, someone call my dad a taxi. He's drunk. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was kind of that. was like you know, I, I'd like to be known as a, I like doing covers and stuff. But I'd like to. I don't want to ever be known as Debaters because I'm not. I'm Billy Hopeless, and I'd like to be known for being Billy Hopeless. You know, you can't like Bruce Lee would say, you know, martial arts to be a to martial arts are an art to truly express oneself honestly, and that's hard to do, baby. And that's sort of where it comes down to. You know, the same thing. I like Kung Fu a lot. And I think with music, is the same thing. Be yourself.
0: Exactly. And now we we had a, a really great conversation. I did, uh, we got to get to talking about uh, the brand new album by the Black Halos, How yeah. the Darkness Doubled, just released. So how was it, like, because obviously the Black Halos, they regrouped. Uh, it's like your first um, new original music since you guys have regrouped, uh, how was it writing and recording the new album? It was really
1: kind of cool. It's, it's weird because like, we played these shows. We went and played in Spain, and me and Rich went and got back together and played in Spain and had a great time. And we, we sort of said, well, you know, since we've done this, why don't we start writing an album? You know, we're, we're hitting it off again, and let's, let's write an album. And we did a couple songs and put out a couple seven-inches then we convinced Jay, we convinced Jay to come back in and having Jay back is incredible. But it's weird So we went and played these shows in Vancouver and Toronto and sold out shows. And, you know, it's our first time with the new lineup, got the new lineup together, and Jay back and Rich back. And we're all like so happy and everything's so good. And then COVID hit. And it really sucked because they're all out in Ontario. I'm in Vancouver. I'm on the West Coast. They're on the East Coast. And we're so separated, but COVID hitting, we're like, well, we can't travel. We can't do anything. But it gave us time to write, I think. It really gave me and Rich time to sort of like write from the distance and write, send each other stuff. And we've always really like that. I mean, when me and Rich writing, it's always sort of been that way, where even when we lived in the same city, we'd go, hey, uh, meet me on the street somewhere. And we'd meet and pass each other a cassette tape. Here, here, listen to this and then write on it and record it on a cassette tape and pass it back. So it's it's kind of familiar, like the old-school ways of writing in a jam space, but it's really good because we got to pick out, I think we got to work songs more and really pick out the songs that we thought were the best. We're good that way. We're able to be honest and go, uh, nah, you know what, Uh, that one, uh... Maybe not. Uh, Try something else. Let's try something else and not get hurt by each other, right? We're able to start Go. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure you can do better. (laughs) But yeah, that was great because, yeah, and then I went throughout to Ontario and recorded. And same thing is that we got this guy, Dave Vapor, to to master, and he's amazing, does the Wild Hearts, tons of great bands. And mastering is really important, but recording, we wanted to use Jack and you Dino know, because we've always used Jack and he's sort of been like the Six Halo. We wanted to use him, but it just didn't work out. So we ended up doing it ourselves. And it's kind of cool in that way too because I think a band really knows what a band wants to sound like. And when you bring someone else in, a lot of times they're like, well, you can't do that. Or no, you can't say it can't sound like that. And no, well, that's ridiculous doing that. And you look and go, Eh, this is how this is how we want to hear it, right? How we want to hear it and how we want the album to go, and no one else can tell us. And that's kind of cool because, yeah, we're very stubborn in that stuff. We hate when I think we kind of hate when someone else takes takes our art and changes it for us.
0: Well, it's kind of going along with the, the last point you made about you know being being true to yourself, being how you want to how you want to present yourself. It yeah. is different when you have someone come in giving you like, "Hey, we should change this or do this." You know, it it, it is different when you have like uh, uh, other people doing that. When you when you have a nice vision and uh, idea in your own. Oh heart.
1: yeah, you still open. Want to be open, but no, if it's something you don't want to do, don't do it. And you know, we've had we had a couple of majors sort of major labels, bigger labels, try that stuff on us and go, hey, you know, we'd like to sign you guys and take your contract and sign you. And every time I was sort of like, uh, they're going to make us look like the chicken band on the Burger King commercial or something. They're going like, to change us. They're going to polish this. And nah, that's not what we, when we started, I always tried to keep in check. When we started, what did we want to sound like? how do we want the band to sound and when we started why did we start this band and I always keep myself in check and go "Uh, no I don't think so you're going to try and polish us and maybe yeah it would be great money wise because let's face it money is good but no, I don't want to do that (laughs) it's it's something I love I'm not going to sell and just go and whore my love right you know that, that ain't right
0: oh yeah and then, I, honestly, and it's If it's something you don't like, and you put out, then then it kind. It it's kind of like a, um, you know, uh, like a like a bump in like the the music that you do want to put out. It's uh, you know, like hey, don't pay attention to that we you know, we did that for the money or whatever. You see a lot of bands yeah. they put out it's an scary. album. And, yeah, it's,
1: just, it's scary though. Like uh, this new album, it's amazing how it's taken off. Like we're kind of dumbfounded, you know. It sold out on vinyl the first day. Of the reception, the reviews have been killer, and it's kind of weird. It's kind of crazy for us because, in some ways, you're like, "Wow, uh, we knew that people, the people liked us, but we're getting praised like this. That's 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 kind of crazy, you know. We're we're the stupid good lookings. We're you know the the mutts. We're the mongrels. I mean." It's kinda of crazy and that after all these years, but I think it is. Like people wanted something real again. The timing's right. People want something real and they're getting fed this crap and constantly fed this crap and they're looking going in something good, the quality. Like you want you don't want McDonald's, you want something that's good quality and real, but still dirty and gritty, like your favorite greasy spoon that actually makes that breakfast you go and eat, and you go, Oh man, that's the best breakfast. Yeah, it's still greasy and probably terrible for me but man they do it right
0: <laughs> no, that's a very good point i know with like you know social media and stuff it's there's a lot of polished stuff and there's a lot of like fakeness and uh not you know not a good um a representation of real life and i think that's what people are looking for nowadays they're looking for something real they're looking for some gritty they're looking for something authentic and uh, you guys definitely delivered with the new album how the darkness doubled
1: yeah, thanks. I, it's, it's, that's what we wanted. So I think we achieved what we wanted to, you know, and that's the thing. It's really cool. It's a good feeling to know you achieved what you set out to do. I think that's a real, real pretty, it is a real, but when you feel it, like say, everyone thinks their baby is beautiful. Now, some babies are not beautiful. and But it's that thing where an odyssey is such a lonely word. It's a hard policy you know to that self selfie tree, but then with other people, you know, you're always like, Yeah, like side to side, something, yeah, <laughs> that baby's yeah, really cute, but you can tell sort of the difference. And yeah, when, it, when you're looking at your baby going, Yeah, this baby, yeah, I really love this baby, and then other people are looking at going, Man, that baby's awesome, it really, you know, it does, it really makes her sort of, you know, like. It wouldn't matter because we really write for ourselves and I uh, say it's like Dr. Frankenfurter. I didn't make him for you, you know, we write for ourselves, but you want you still hope there's other people and feel the same as you said you ain't lonely. <laughs> That's punk rock.
0: <laughs> no, it, that is a great uh summarization of punk rock music. I completely agree. And I you know again, I, I really dig the album and but also you know, you, you do you do write and record it for yourself, but also you do hope that when you put it out, you get good reception that people actually connect to it and feel what you're feeling as well.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Cause I say, you don't want to be alone.
0: Exactly. You, hope,
1: you hope other people feel the same as you in a way. <laughs> Cause then you don't feel like your feelings are, you know, it's communication. Like as human beings are communication thing that, you know, if you're feeling down, Music has helped me music's helped me through the hard times it's given me the best cel- music background in my celebrations. It's pulled me through the hard times and if you're feeling something and someone else feels it too united we stand you know together we're strong and it really does help to know hey, you're not alone that there's someone else out there and same with musical taste they like, say as a kid like there was bands that I liked, and you go to a record store or something. You see someone else at the same section looking through music or with the same t shirt on, band t shirt, that you're like, you thought you were the only one. And you're like, the allegiance is instantly built. Hey, you like what I like. You know, a great shirt. And the person goes, oh, yeah, thanks, man. And you like, end up talking about music and you make friendships that way. Right. It's a great thing about music is, and like I say, in general, and punk especially, is that. Some of the best friendships in my life and the greatest bonds, right? And it's been sometimes shows where it's been like, yeah, there's five of us here, but hey, there's five of us here. And because of that, we're like, we have to stick together because here come the skins and they're going to kick, they're going to, we have to fight our way out. Now it's five, you know, five against 10. And you're looking going, yeah, the bond is built. <laughs> That's instant. Or the walk home. The late walk home, waiting for a bus after a gig. And, you know, there's so many things that drunken stagger home. And it's like, oh, you missed the bus too. Okay, let's walk.
0: <laughs> yeah, the vengeance I built. Exactly. And, you know, I, I really like how, how you said that. And, you know, so I like you, when you go to shows, you talk to people. It's like, well, we're all here to see similar bands and similar music. That's why we're here. That's why we pay the ticket. That's why we come out. You know, let's talk. Let's have a good time. We're here because of music.
1: Oh yeah, it bonds people together and that you know, and as I say, same with the feelings and I really I'm I, I really am picky about lyrics. I'm really picky about songs and lyrics and the feeling. You know, craftsmanship is something I really do like. Either like really dumb or like really good craftsmanship and lyrics. I and mean, either gotta be like day abortion, just like complete idiocy, the early day stuff and all where you just laugh like some of the simple like, D.O.A. fuck you you know some humans fuck you it's got to be really simple or real but there's got to be feeling there's got to be something to it right and craftsmanship is very important like we're really i feel gifted with rich and rich and even the guys in the band and even our two new guys john kearns and danny action on drums that you know just gifted players and what they add to it and the craftsmanship of songs when it comes down to it that everyone takes it serious and goes Okay, this is, yeah, this is even if it's like spray painting on a wall, let's make sure the message gets across and that it's really good.
0: Exactly. And I think the, the biggest thing, and I think um, uh, what some bands are like, is just the authenticity about it. they don't actually feel what they're singing, they don't actually feel what they're playing. And I think that is, that's why people uh, you know, seek out more raw and gritty music, is because it actually feels authentic. You know, there's bands that just play for like Spotify algorithms or just to play to get radio play, and that's that's not what that's not why uh, people listen to music.
1: Yeah, no, no, you know, people. It does, like you say. I've one of the I've had some really amazing moments. A song, um, from the start, that that song is really. I've had people like get the tattoo, the FFTS tattoo. I've seen a bunch of those. And it's kind of kind of cool because like, it's not like people usually go and getting it because they are just like, yeah, I'm gonna get it, and you know they like, man, that song, and they tell me what how that song hit them, and I well, I love it when it I hear something I go, oh, it helped you through, or it's my friend who died, my friend who died, it was his favorite song, and you know what he was going through, and I'm like, you listen listened that song, totally related to it, and I'm like. Man, you know, that that's amazing to me. That's that's when music is really valid, when it reaches someone and either they say, you know, yeah, best time, best, you know, song of my life gave me some of the best parties or that that, but it helped him through and, you know, wow. made him gave them something. I think that's when music's really valid. Wow. I love that's been one of the great things about playing this band. I think it's one of my favorite things, to be like, Well, what are you most proud of? I'm like I've said one story over and over, which still is the deepest story in me, but there's been so many, and just knowing that going, I can't believe how much it reached people, but then hearing those personal, the personal story things about it aspects, I'm like, oh, yeah, man. I'm not just writing some rock song that anybody could write, but I wrote something that really did something. That's awesome.
0: Exactly. I had a guest on who said that music... Uh, it helps you express feelings that you you can't exactly express yourself, and I think that yeah. is a great way of saying it.
1: On this album is a song "Ain't No Good Time to Say Goodbye." We put it out as a single because, as I said, when I talked about Chai being my nephew, Chai was like a brother. Sometimes we'd I feel like it was almost like a lover, but yeah, he was just like one of my greatest men peers. I'd say you know we. From the first time we met, we just like hit it off and we'd talk and be able to talk about music and life and our feelings and just, you know, go for lunch and just have drinks and just have yeah, a talk anywhere and it just run into each other and it turned into this really great meeting. But when Chai died, I was really heartbroken. I, I, I live in Gastown. He moved everywhere we lived for the last three places. As he said, we we're three blocks away from each other. We just had a really tight bond and it's very, very deep brotherly bond. And it really hit me. It was really, really, I was so sort of crushed. And Rich, and still I start crying when I think about this every damn time. Rich said, well, you know, they want to do these murals for Chai, one in Edmonton and one in Vancouver. And well, we put out a benefit single and record a song, do a benefit single and, you know, to help get the murals done. And I said, oh, you know, that'd be, he goes, you know, I think you need to vent and you need to vent, write a song. And, you know, you need to let it out. You're not letting it out. He goes, i tell you're bottled up. And so I wrote this song and it was like sort of an anthem to chai. And Rich went, nah, once again, nah, I don't think it's good enough. Um, yeah, I don't think it's really doing it. Let me write some music. And he sent me the music and I was like, instantly the lyrics came and I'm crying writing the lyrics I'm at work and Rich sends it to me and I'm at work going overnight, I do overnights in social housing, the vampire shift so I'm walking around this building social housing building and I'm listening to it and I'm in tears and the lyrics are coming out of my mouth and I did, I cried and cried and I still like, as you see I get tears in my eyes and it's really because, like, that is one of the hardest songs I've ever had to sing, I've ever written. And it's because I really cared about him. And every time that I play it, just talking about starting to play it live now. And I'm like, really? What? do You want everyone to see me cry? Is that what you want, Rich? And I think it's that he's still, still going that it's worth it. If it makes me if I'm crying for you, Chai. That, that means that, yeah, the feelings were valid, you, you know? it's Yeah. It's say emotion in song, like feelings behind songs. That Yeah, that one's for me where I'm like, yeah, I think I'm the most for me, that song where I go, yeah, putting it on the album and listening to it, I'm like, skip get that track, please. But, yeah, I'm like, but... It's kind of good for me because it reminds me of how much that guy meant to me. That little pig meant to me, and yeah. it keeps me it keeps me thinking of him, right? And keeps him alive and that feeling alive. That yeah, you know, I'm so lucky to have had him in my life, and
0: for for sure. I I really appreciate you sharing, and it it is it, it's. It's uh, music evokes those those feelings and those memories. It's it's crazy how that actually happens and have you know such um, you know strong connection uh, obviously with Chai but also with the song as well. Now it's a nice uh, tribute and memorial to him every time and obviously it still invokes um, feelings and emotions for you.
1: Yeah, my favorite lyric in the song is "If you're hearing this song, one of us has been put down, and now it's because yeah he was in the hospital and he." he came and saw me when i thought i was on my deathbed in the hospital and he explained to me after that he's wearing a pig mask and a business suit and whole head pig mask and he came at like four in the morning i was hopped up on drugs and it seemed like a drug delusion but i said to him i was like you know did you come he came and saw me in the hospital and he hugged me and held my hand and it said i thought it was a drug delusion he goes i hate hospitals i've got a fear an anxiety of hospitals and a real fear of hospitals so when he had been in the hospital a couple times before that i'd always go see him because i knew that he had this anxiety and fear of hospitals and the last time when he died and they did they pulled the plug on him at dinner or lunch with his family and to his family out to lunch but and they pulled the plug on them and COVID was going on, so I couldn't be there. And it really killed me, right? And I was like, that, but you know, pulling the plug on someone, I don't know if you've ever had, if you have pets or you've ever had a pet, but putting down an animal is really, really heartbreaking. I still, like dogs have had in my life, I still think about them and same thing, want to get tears about the day I had to put them down. And, yeah, so Chai was sort of the same feeling to me in that line. Yeah, if you hear this song, one of us has been put down. that is like, yeah, you know, like I am an animal, and so was Chai, and yeah, that's when you're in the when you're in that that animal world, the animal kingdom, and you see he another one that's like if you're in a dog dog pound and they pull that one dog out, and they you know it's going to get put down. That's that it's that feeling to me that. When he got when they pulled the plug on him, that unfortunately they had to, and yeah, but yeah, one of us has been put down, man. That's, that's it.
0: Yeah, for, for sure, I do I do appreciate you uh, sharing the great story, but also I think because of the the situation where you couldn't visit him, that you still you didn't have that quite closure yet.
1: No, no, exactly, and exactly, and that Rich, I'm really thankful for Rich pushing me to that point of writing one of the songs that I say in Rich Richard said, I said, put it on the album. I don't know. We put it out as that benefit thing. I kinda of wanna keep it special and Rich is like, but it's so good. And I said, I don't know if people like our fans and stuff are really gonna like that song so much. You know, it's kinda it of, is it's just really depressing and kinda, of, you know, it's not it's not a kick in the teeth or anything and by any means it's somber. I don't know if our fans and Rich is like it's a really great song. It's really, really a great song. And I don't care. You'll, you know what? It's, it deserves to be there. It's a really brilliant song. And I was like, yeah, but once again, you're going to make me cry drones. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, skip those songs. Skip it, please. Skip it. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm it's really good for me. To- I think it is good. And you know, if that's, that's the absolute thing, like I say, putting on the album that I've always thought a good album has something for everyone, and it's like an emotional roller coaster in ways. Like a good album, you don't want a flat album. It's easy to write a flat album and just be stuck in one mode. I'd like to, I, when I was to an album, I like an album to like have different levels. So yeah,
0: I yeah. think we did that too. Oh, oh, definitely. And ex- express different emotions as well. I think that's it's important. You can't just express the same emotion over and over for, you know, a full 10 songs. You have to give variety. You have to change up. You have to show different side of yourself with each song yeah, as well.
1: I hate to be like the Swans or something, even though I like stuff like that. Bands that, you know, you put the record on and you want to read Berlin. You just want to slit your wrist right away, right? The whole album, you're like, oh, God the next song comes on, you're like, oh, God, no more, no, until you really want to stick the, your head in the oven or the gun in your mouth, you know. And, exactly. But I'd hate to also just make out those albums that are like, hey, everything's all this, and we're all on this. Those albums are great, too, but I, yeah, I like a bit of difference. I like variety. When I order pizza, I don't like to just have one type of pizza. I like to, I like to have different types of pizza. Same with girls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very very good way of putting it but uh as I'm wrapping up this interview um what is you know I really appreciate uh chatting with you so what what is um the plans of black halos for next year 2023
1: well we're gonna go on tour God help us God help my liver God you know it's dog help us we're we're definitely gonna start going out and playing shows and you know get out there and we're, we're writing we want to start writing because you know, it's it's writing new stuff is always. It's like what saying about lists finding new bands, writing new songs is always exciting. And I think we're we're doing really good right now. So, you know, me and Rich back together, greatest songwriting partner I've ever had in my life, and probably ever will have in my life. And that combination between us, and I hope Jay gets contributed some stuff because Jay actually has written some songs on other albums that you know, I really feel grateful to be be a part of because he can he can write, they can write really great sounds too. But yeah, you know, I just wanna put out create new music and, you know, make new art and get out on the road and get playing again and meet people and you know, eat at different restaurants and yeah, stay in different places. I wanna see places and see people more than anything. Like I wanna see people again.
0: Get out there, and that's the the part, the live part of music is extremely important. So I do hope you guys get out there, new music, new tour, all of that stuff. I do hope all of that happens because I definitely look forward to rocking out with you guys at some point.
1: Yeah, so it's the best and worst thing I could ever do to myself. You know, like I kind of, it's kind of good when you feel caged, like pent up and caged, and it's kind of good because then when you do get released, you you burst. And the energy that comes out is like tenfold because you've been trapped up. But I don't want to be caged my whole life here. I I need to I need to get out, and be free, and to, yeah, I need to I need to run. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, I, and I ain't running hard enough lately with this race. Been with COVID and stuff. We just I'm glad the ball's rolling, and you know the train's going. The brakes are I can't wait till the brakes are off and we're like racing down the corkscrew and just going oh, God, again, we're going to die again. Here we go. We're going to die. But I love that. I love when the roller coaster gets to the top of the hill. Exactly. I can't wait. I can't wait to go. <laughs> I just can't wait to scream. It, scream it, again.
0: It, it's the most fun and most terrifying part of really anything in life. So I do hope uh, you experience that. I know that the Black Hail is going to come out uh, still alive at the end of it. Oh, yeah. We've
1: survived. we survived more than I think most bands. If... Over the, I think it's been like 20 something close to 30 years now. And I think it was, yeah, what Joe from DOA said to me when I was telling him some of the stories from touring. he goes, You know, our, our people don't believe our stories and no. all You guys, your stories that you're telling me, he goes, These are completely unbelievable. And I'm like, But they're true. The thing is, these are all true. And uh, I, I shake my head. It's always, you laugh about it now, but at times it's like, are you kidding me? Like, ye gods, why do you throw this upon us? What did we do? And, and yeah, I remember it was, we were on tour of this Christian pop punk band, Fillmore, and everything was rosy and good for them, and everything was perfect, and everything for us was like living hell. And looking and going, uh, maybe we chose the wrong team because I don't know, Black Hills. we maybe should have been called the White Halos because. Welcome, look at those guys. <laughs> look at how everything's great for them. God's on their side. God hates us., <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's where it comes in when I'm like, yeah, but we like the challenge, So you know what, God? Throw it at us. <laughs> we, we, we You
0: can't beat us. We're
1: unstoppable. We're cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that's right. Black Halos aren't going away anytime soon, and they're always up for a challenge. So we'll see what happens in 2023 for you guys. But all right, I, we'll see you then. But, Billy, I really appreciate you Thank you so much for a really great uh, conversation. Uh, make sure to check out the, the brand-new album, How the Darkness Doubled, available out right now on all the streaming platforms. Check it out. But, Billy, I really appreciate hanging out with you. Thank you so much for joining us awesome. on Super Cool Radio. I love Super Cool Radio.
1: <laughs> it's awesome.
0: Well, yeah, I really appreciate it for Billy Hopeless of the Black Halos. I'm your host, as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching this list of Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty. Stay frosty.